Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. This weekend was a busy one for our family. We picked pumpkins and apples like we do every year with our cousins, and we spent a lot of time catching up over apple cider. As the kids were playing in the other room, we overheard my five-year-old tell my three-year-old, you get what you get and you don't get upset. It's something we tell him all the time, but we honestly didn't think he was listening. I was so surprised when I heard him repeat it. We hear the age-old analogy, kids are like sponges all the time, and we might roll our eyes at the cliche, but it's true. Whatever you pour into your children, they will retain and regurgitate, good or bad. Raising children of any age is a true formation, not just for our children, but for us as the adults in their lives. We have a duty to give them the best possible. And as Catholics, the best thing we can give them is a strong relationship with God. How? By setting the example by pouring our faith and our excitement for God into their sponge-like hearts. And the best part is, we don't have to do it alone. I'm excited to introduce you to Zach Haney, our new director for Youth and Young Adult Ministries at the Diocese, to chat about the challenges our youth and young adult population faces and the community we're striving to create for them and for those who serve them. So Zach, thanks so much for joining me on Candid Catholic Convos. I'm really excited to have you here and welcome to the Diocese. Oh, I'm very excited to be here, both as part of the diocese and on this podcast. I, I really love podcasts. So, you know, to be on a Catholic diocesan podcast, it's it's like a dream come true. Oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I am originally from the diocese. Um, I grew up in St. Joseph's in Danville. Um, so I've been Catholic my entire life, raised once again in the confines of the diocese. I, I then went off to Scranton for a while. So I went to college. I went to a Catholic college in Scranton, Marywood University. Um, and I went there and then I worked kind of up in in that area. So like college and working combined, I was up there for maybe like 10 years or so. And I actually worked at Marywood um, for a while before I ended up in this job. I'm an athlete, so I really I'm like really into sports. So I, uh, you know, was a mostly a swimmer through all like my entire athletic career. So all the way through college, uh, I also played tennis. Um, I was not as good at that <laughs> as I was at <laughs> swimming, but I still did it. Uh, I also golf. I play pickleball. I play. Um, I, I run. I work out. So like I'm I'm very I'm a very physical, active person. You know, I try to be the most faithful guy that I can. I you always feel bad saying it's like oh yeah I'm like. I'm a really faithful guy because he's like, wow, that sounds conceited. And that right? sounds it sounds like, like boastful, like you don't want to brag about it. Yeah. But it's if it's true, it's true. You I know? mean, it's it's definitely part of my life. And um, I was very I mean, I'll talk about this a little more later. I know that's part one of the questions coming up. But like, uh, you know, ministry has has been or um, in some form of the other youth ministry, campus ministry, like that type of stuff has been really close to my heart, really big forming experience for me. 
I'm the middle child of, of, of three, in the, as I said, in that very um, beautiful Catholic family. My mother teaches RCIA. My dad is a, just a wonderful man in the vein of St. Joseph. He is a, is a worker, uh, a silent worker, but a very devout and holy man. Yeah, so I just moved down to Harrisburg for this job, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm kind of getting used to being a Harrisburgian, a Harrisburg. What, what would you call yourselves here? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, um, Harrisburgian sounds good to me. Let's, let's own that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm adapting to life. I'm figuring out all the different things that I need to know, like East Shore, West Shore, like... Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, I that's know. I'm one. I'm finding out more and more. <laughs> like, what shore are you from? It's like what? <laughs> so, for those who who want to know, I'm on the east shore. So, I guess I'm supposed to have pride about that. <laughs> I love it. So, you talked about being involved in a lot of youth ministry. Is that kind of what led you to this career path? Well, that's an interesting story. So I guess I'll go into it here. So I mean, first background, like youth ministry, campus ministry as as part of my formation was really important to me. Um, mostly campus ministry. I was part of youth ministry uh, when I was um, in high school. Uh, I probably didn't take it as seriously as I should have. <laughs> I didn't go to as many things as I should have. Like, you know, athletics was king at that point for me. And so if it was like, oh, there's a conflict, I'm not going. I kind of regret that a little bit now. But it uh, when I got to campus ministry. So when I got to college, uh, I was a faithful, faithful individual, all the way up through high school into college. Like I was, you know, my my parents and the people around me did a really good job of instilling faith in me and getting me in a mindset of like, I don't care what the rest of the world's doing. This is what I believe. This is what I want to do. This is part of who I am. But you know, it felt lonely at times. You know, this idea is a lot of the world. I went to public high school and. You know, I wasn't like a super open person. So and I always just assumed that, you know, like religion was taboo. So you just not like mention it. It's like I'm doing me and I know I what I believe, but I'm still not going to bring it up. And um, so it felt kind of lonely at times. Not that I didn't. I mean, I had a lot of awesome, really close friends that just, you know, never that never came up. Um, but when I got to campus ministry, so I went to Marywood University, I found just an amazing Christian group of people that just really transformed the way I saw faith. It became less about like what I knew and then like all the things I was doing, like the prayer and like going to mass and stuff. And it's just really about living my faith and embracing my faith and having relationship via my faith. And um, so there there was a lot of things involved in that campus ministry. The biggest one among them was we had a, a Christian living community. So at our college, we had living communities. So like you could live in close proximity to each other as long, like you got priority in housing, like as long as you had some sort of structure, unifying structure to you, like you had like a theme or whatever, and you had to like do certain things. So we, our theme was just being Christian. And um, you had to like, you had to go to a service on Sunday. You had to be like a regular attendance of like uh, a service of some, a Christian service of some kind. Um, so it was Catholic and non-Catholic. Um, and you had we had retreats every semester and things like that. Uh, but just living in that community was just so helpful. And it had nothing to do with like, I learned something really awesome about faith, like from a theological standpoint, or like, it didn't have to do with all of like, you know, the like the worship that we did, even though that was part of it. But like this idea is I finally found a group of people that I felt so comfortable in, like, like with, like that they all were pursuing faith like I was, that they all had that awkwardness with the rest of the world like I did. Like, it, it, I don't, I, I don't like necessarily using the word safe space, but like, it felt like fertile ground on which to grow. Like having those people surrounding me just meant way more than anything. And having that support system encouraged all of us, not just me, but all of us to participate in 
more stuff it's like oh are you doing this are you doing this and it's like so you know obviously there's power in numbers so you know all of us are super involved in campus ministry we were involved in youth ministry in many ways like in the via that um you know we'd be like you know help go preaching to eighth graders and things like that for like confirmations and stuff and uh we do a lot of volunteer work we were doing like alternative break trips um helping out the needy we were doing bible studies men's groups i mean there was a women's group i wasn't going to that because of <laughs> obvious reasons but uh like that was um so it was just it was such a strong community and i like valued that so much um and that was very inspiring to me but then when i stepped out of college that kind of fell away a little bit um you know this is where young adult ministry kind of comes into like what how it's close to my heart so like campus ministry are, are close to my heart in a way that they were formative and then young adult ministry is kind of close to my heart in the fact that i am still a young adult first of all um, so I'm part of that group. I understand where the young adults are in life and like how they operate and what they're looking for. But as, when I stepped out of campus ministry, and there was part of it, maybe I didn't search hard enough. But the idea is it wasn't readily apparent that there was something that I could step into straight out of campus ministry that would give me that same support system. I still had all my friends, of course, but it was less like applicable way for me to get involved to stay involved to stay connected to the vine so to speak now i i stayed i was still faithful like the entire time like i just thought like oh i fell away from the church because there was no young adult ministry but it felt like my faith kind of took a step backwards because of that of that gap um now there were there was stuff out there i'm finding out now it's just i i it wasn't readily apparent enough for me to, to to discover it so and I know that can be that way in a lot of areas when it comes to young adult ministry. It's it's definitely a new thing. It's definitely something you don't have that cornerstone of like uh, the high school or the college or something. It's just kind of this. I mean, you have the parish, of course, but like it, it's more of a free form thing. And so it's it's and young adult demographic is changing. You know, everyone used to be married like so much earlier. And now you have a lot of single people or a mix of single people, married people with all different life circumstances. So it's it's definitely an evol- a new and evolving group. But anyway, like that lack of young adult ministry kind of inspired me to want to change that. But so that, okay, so that's one part. I know I, I like to talk. So no, that's quite all right. Listeners, forgive me. <laughs> I'm talking your ear off. So the specific way that I got into this job. Um, so I've worked with youth and young adults my entire professional life in some capacity. I talked about how I was involved in ministry in, in certain ways. Um, but then even outside of that, my uh, professional jobs that I was part of when I was like manager of things, like I was usually in charge of younger people, um, mostly because it also like coincided with the fact that I've been in athletics. You know, I, I continued into the coaching sphere. I, I pursued that as a career for a long time. I coached kids ranging from eight years old, actually younger than that, like six years old, all the way up to like 22. So like I've coached from, you know, first grade to college level. I've done all that. I I have most of the people I've coached, obviously, are youth and young adults. But even the people I manage, like assistants and things, a lot of them were um, young adults. Um, You know, I've so I've I've interacted with teenagers, essentially, my entire or or college students, most of my most of my life. So I've kind of gotten to know them. I've gotten to be able to see how they work. And, you know, man, culture is interesting these days, <laughs> especially working in a high school. That was definitely feel like an education, like every single day. It's like, oh, that's the way things work now. That's what people are saying. Like, man, I feel so out of the loop and I'm only in my 20s. And but and I was serving them through what I knew was swimming. Like I was I was good at like swimming. So that's how I felt like I, I could serve them best. But 
there got to a point I was coaching in college. That was like my most recent job. I had been four years coaching at my alma mater. And that's a whole nother story of how I ended up there. But I'll save that for a different time. But I was coaching at my alma mater. I was the head coach at a very young age. I was coaching four years. And I did. I loved I loved being able to mentor the, the kids or well, the young adults. They weren't kids anymore by the time they're in college. But uh, I loved being able to mentor them. I loved being able to help them. Um, but I always felt like there was something lacking. Like there was something that was not being fulfilled. There was something I couldn't do. And I kind of knew part of that was that like a sport was not going to be the be all end all, like even like helping them from a professional perspective or whatever. That's not, that wasn't the be all end all. Like that's not the best thing I could give them. That's not the best thing I could give to their life or to their soul. And we, I was at a Catholic school, of course, but like I, there was still that hesitancy when it came to talking about, especially in athletics of like putting faith like way at the front so i mean i did i mean like we prayed before like meets and things like that but like i always felt there was like a limiter of some kind that i couldn't i couldn't fully dive into that because of the demographic of the kids i was i was um coaching and um you know just just the just the way culture is now you just always there's that hesitancy so um i wanted to not be in that career anymore um i knew it just wasn't what god wanted me to do and what i ended up to i ended up taking too much control of my own destiny i like almost seized it like with a chokehold because i'm like you know i'm a pretty smart guy like i want to help people i'm good at writing i'm good at talking as hopefully everyone is listening understands or at least that i like to talk uh, so I'm like, Hey, I, sh- you know, maybe I'll try being a lawyer. Like that's, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to try being a lawyer. So I, I took the LSAT. Like I, I did all the applications. I like sent them all out. I got responses, got solid, like, you know, scholarships and things. And so, but then right around this time, like I started and I, I quit my job. I was like, I'm going to law school. Like I'm, I'm done. Here's my letter of resignation. I'm leaving. But all, all of a sudden, I started dealing with a, a lot, a lot of anxiety, like a lot of like something was not sitting right. Something was definitely wrong, like something. And I necessarily couldn't put up my finger on it at the time. But that led me to really sit down, stop, contemplate, discern, pray, like, like what, what, what is wrong? And, you know, the short the short version is that I ended up that law school was not going to be what was for me. Like I, I, I did a lot of research more into it. I like do- dove deeper in. I, um, you know, as I said, I prayed to talk to God about it and just like kind of analyze my behavior and reaction towards the idea. And I just figured out that it was not what God was calling me to do, um, that I was trying to force something that really was not what I was supposed to do. So I ended up not going. Um, I took a step back. And so I was like, well, now I'm at square zero. Like, well, what do I do now? I have no job. I have I the one thing I had, like I decided to give up on, but it was better to do nothing than to do something God didn't want me to do. So now I'm like, well, now what do I do, God? Like, what do I do? And so through kind of some family connections, they were like, well, well, they're looking for someone in youth and young adult ministry at the diocese. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I mean, I like working with youth and young adults. Um, you know, that was the part that I loved about coaching. That was the part that I really I liked. And I, I, I like was into my faith. And I'm like, this could this could be what I'm I'm looking for. But I'm like, I'm not going to jump into anything too quick. I'm going to give it a week or two. I'm going to pray about it, going to discern if it's still there. I'll go for it. 
And so I sat back, I prayed about it. I was like, you know what? I really like this idea. I like had a lot of like good feeling towards it. I, you know, my brain started working like in terms of like, you know, what would I do? Like, you know, and like all the ideas started churning and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I actually, I mean, I, I really enjoyed my interview for anybody who's listening, who was on the interview board. Like I really enjoyed the interview. It wasn't like I actually right? had a, a fun process. time. Yeah. yeah. Like the way they went about it, like I had fun, which also was a good indicator to me. I walked away being like, you know what? Even if I don't get it, like I had a good time with that. Like I, I feel really good about that. And maybe that'll be some um, in, like direction for my life. And then to my surprise, they were like, you know what? We really like you. Let's let's put you on like we want we want you for this job. And so um, I was like, well, obviously, God wants me to do this for a reason. And so now I'm doing my I'm sitting here doing my best to, uh, you know, just be open to how the Holy Spirit wants me to to guide this ministry or, or he guiding me to guide this ministry. So but I'm really excited. Like, I'm really excited to be in this position um, to be able to to give the best thing to youth, young adults and to youth and young adult ministers, which is just community and 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 God. Like, you know, like I can't get any higher than this is <laughs> working with youth and young adults like this is the best I can give you. Like there is nothing better that I can give it to you. So if like, yeah, that's and that's and that's a comforting feeling like every day at work. It's like I'm literally giving people the best thing that I could give them or I'm trying at least. That's amazing. I I love how your story like really just kind of comes full circle of like you've been working with youth and young adults. You are a young adult like you mm-hmm. you're living it and you're experiencing a lot of the things that people nowadays are coming up through when I was going through my 20s um i was not sure that the job that i was in was the one i was supposed to be in and that was around the time that they coined the term um quarter life crisis mm, and that's exactly yes. what i felt like i was in but i didn't have anywhere to go because our parish didn't have a very well publicized young adult program like they they had a youth group but then there was like nothing after that like you were talking about that gap of not having something. So I relate to that. So I'm sure a lot of the other people listening can probably relate to that. And I'm really glad that you're here to help guide and like bridge that gap and show people that like, no, we can continue mm-hmm. on in our journey in faith. And that's awesome. That's really cool. Thank you. First Timothy chapter four, verse 12 says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. So we have this really powerful image of what youth can be. They're emerging leaders. What would you say your plan is to empower the youth and young adults in our diocese so that they can continue to persevere in faith when there are so many things vying for their attention? Mm, Yes. We live in a world where there's so much to see, so much to do, so much to listen to. Um, Finding that out more every day. And it seems like more of it's churning out there at every moment. But when it comes to empowerment, I I really just want to, and our department in general, really wants to hone in on that building of community. Um, you know, there's the, the idea there's power in numbers and not just like the idea is there's powers when all of you go out to do something. But even just knowing you have numbers behind you, you knowing you have people behind you is so very empowering. Like the idea is that I am not alone is such a powering, empowering thought. Like even if you have one other person that you know likes you for who you are or like believes the same things you believe or is like ready to stand up in faith like you are then you're automatically more brave like because you're willing to go out 
and defy the culture because you know, I don't want to call it a safety net, but like the idea is, you know, you have somebody to go back to or a group to go back to. And it's like, I don't care what happens out there because I know I have this behind me. And the hope is, is that through that, like through that community, through that knowing like you have people behind you, that you also kind of grow to know that that's the way it is with God too. Like that you always have God in your corner, that you could, you go out, that even when you're alone physically, so even when you don't even have that community, you like you have God. This idea like in the Bible, uh, when Jesus is just done, you know, with the, with his um, statement of like, unless those who eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not inherit eternal life. And then everybody walks away. And, but the, the, uh, the disciples are still there. Like, you know, this idea is there's this community that even when everyone else leaves you, like you have this group to go, go back to and that they even know that like they're, they're there with Jesus. It's like, this idea is like, there's power in numbers. There's a reason why God called groups and not just, just individuals. Um, that discipleship is about community. It's, it's about having people there with you about walking in tandem with other people. Like Jesus sent out the the, the apostles or the disciples in general, like two by two. They didn't send, he didn't send them out one by one. He sent mm-hmm. them out two by two. So just making connections, I think is just the most important thing right now, uh, especially post COVID. Like, cause when so many connections are severed because we're not spending time with each other, because we're not going to mass anymore, because we, or we, we weren't at the time, at least, um, that everyone was so alone and just knowing there's a community like knowing you have connections knowing there's other people there because that's what god made us for is for us to be in community um so i guess that would that that would be my answer is community is how i want to empower um youth and young adults the most is just to show them that if you take this on you are you are not alone like you will not be doing it alone you are not going to be doing it by yourself even if there's moments where you're going to be by yourself that overall you're not going to be by yourself that's so powerful and especially I hadn't even thought of it that Jesus didn't send the disciples one by one. He sent them two by two Mm -hmm. um, so that they had that other person to do it with them. It's just, you're right. It's incredibly empowering. That's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I talk about this all the time, but I'm the mom of three young boys. And while they're a little too young for some of the programs that we're talking about today, they're getting bigger every day. And one day they'll be in that preteen teenager phase of life. So what advice would you give to parents who are looking to support their children in the faith, but who are maybe trying to find the right balance of being supportive without being overbearing? Hmm. That is a very good question, especially since I think all these ministries are so interconnected. Like it's just so much like, you know, for example, like your young family life leads into CCD, which leads into youth ministry, which leads into campus ministry, which leads into young adult ministry, which leads into the adult ministry, which I guess then eventually leads into, you know, the end of your life. But um, <laughs> this idea is everything is so connected. So it's so important to have a good foundation. Um, so literally all of you listening that are parents, like you are the first catechist to your child. Like you are the first youth minister to your child. So I think first and foremost, it comes by example, like the way faith comes off from you is though they're going to notice that. Like, so if you see faith and treat faith only like an obligation, that that's the way they're going to see it. But if they see it as something that is life changing to you, that's really important to you, that makes you excited, that makes you joyful, that's going to have a really big impression, especially when they're really young. If they see like, why are mommy and daddy always so happy? Like, why are they always like, why do they love this so much? Why do they love this thing so much? There must be something to this. So I would say example is number one. Number two, I would make sure you take part in a lot of stuff that's 
community oriented and not just CCD or not just um, educational or catechetical. Because you don't want your children to completely associate faith with school because it has not changed in the whole history of the world. Kids do not like school. Like, I'm going to put it out there. That doesn't mean I'm not I'm not out here saying it's like we need to get rid of CCD or like we don't need to learn. We shouldn't learn about faith. I am not saying that. I'm saying that we need to expand like a, a child's experience of faith, because if it's just school, they don't they don't they don't want that. <laughs> they don't want that. They don't want regular school. So they're not going to want like Jesus school on top of that. I know some people want to think it's like, oh, but it's so much different and better. It's like, no, that's not the way the kid's going to see it. So something about participating in events as a family, I think, is really important. And um, even, well, I mean, mass obviously is the number one thing. And, you know, seeing mass is like something to be excited about, something you want to go to, not like as a drag or like, you know, why we have to go to this. But then like if your church offers other things, like make sure you really are a part of that and you get them involved. Um, so, I mean, those are the, the biggest ways. So like, get them in the community of the church. Uh, and get the, get like really drive the experiential aspect of of faith. Like, don't focus so much on the on the on the 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 what's what of faith of like the theology or the catechetics or any of that as a parent. Like, really focus on the experiential part of faith. Like, their your relationship with Jesus, their relationship with Jesus, your relationship with each other. Like, yeah, I mean that would be that just would be my my number one thing like to begin with is just work on the experience with them and like show them this is more than just something you learn on Sunday. And that way, if it becomes part of their life, they're not going to leave after confirmation because that's the other danger of making faith too school oriented because school has a graduation and an end. So these kids, if they see faith as school, they want there to be an end, like an end, a graduation. So that's what confirmation becomes. And then so you got to show them that it's it's a lifestyle and that it's yeah, it's a relationship. It's a community. It's just, it's more than history, so to speak. That's a great point. It's, it's, it's a lived experience. It's not a test that you take, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and yeah, my six-year-old already is just like, why do I have to go to school? So I totally feel that. And we picked a Catholic school because I knew that if I put him in CCD, it was going to be, why do I have to go to school twice? Mm. You know, like this is not cool. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a great way of tying everything together is, is it's not just something you go and learn about. It's also something you do. It's something you live. It's a lifestyle. That's a great, mm-hmm. a great point. We talked about how going back to high school is like a whole new thing. I feel like dating has also changed a lot mm. in the last like, I don't know. I feel like it's constantly changing and I'm really glad that I'm married and don't have to do it anymore. But <laughs> lucky you. <laughs> So how how is the youth and young adult program addressing this? Are we addressing it just from the Catholic Church's stance on marriage? Or are we also trying to teach youth and young adults how to recognize and build a healthy relationship? That is a very good point. This is definitely something to hone in on because, as you said, it's just changed so very much. And the Internet is the biggest thing to and technology is obviously the biggest thing to blame for this is that it's become so impersonal. Like, you know, this idea of finding someone, interacting with someone, it's just become so impersonal. Like, you, you, you do it over more over your phone than you do in person, which hopefully the first thing we can do, like, for youth young adult ministry, is put people in front of each other and focus on building relationships that way. So that's number one. We've unfortunately run out of time, but if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, you can listen to us anytime on Spotify under Candid Catholic Convos. 
or you can download this episode from our website at hbgdiocese.org. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.